sole support of my mother, who is in a nursing home in West Palm Beach. She suffers from Alzheimer's. The expenses are enormous, so my income is very important to me. She paused and made an effort to compose herself. Our president, Horace Whitcomb, is almost 70 and says he never wants to retire. He's been very kind and generous to me, but he's that way with all his employees. Horace's son, Oliver Whitcomb, is our chief executive officer. He handles day-to-day operations of all our funeral homes. It was clear that my father was patiently awaiting her getting to the point. She took a deep breath. About six months ago, the revenue of Whitcomb began rising dramatically, far above our income of last year. Naturally, I was pleased, and so were all the other executives who noticed it, including Mr. Horace. The number of funerals we handled continued to increase at a really surprising rate, and the income of all three mortuaries kept increasing. I started to question why we were having such an impressive uptick in business. Father stirred restlessly in his swivel chair. Surely there must be a simple explanation. Perhaps it is the result of a new advertising campaign, or you have enjoyed an unusual number of referrals. I smiled cheerfully. Or maybe more people are kicking the bucket. She shook her head decisively. We're doing no more advertising than we did last year. Our rate of referrals remains constant. And there's been no extraordinary rise in South Florida's death rate. I've checked my contacts in the industry, and no other local funeral homes have had the revenue increase we've had. There is just no obvious reason for our good fortune, and it baffles me. Father and I exchanged a swift glance, and I suspected we were sharing the same thought. Could Whitcomb's improved bottom line be the sole reason for Miss Fogarty's distress? I began to wonder if the lady had both oars in the water. My father remained businesslike. Miss Fogarty, what exactly is it you wish us to do? From what you've told us, it does not appear that anything unethical or illegal has occurred at Whitcomb Funeral Homes. It is merely experiencing exceptional financial success. That's hardly reason for concern. She was clearly determined. Something strange is going on. I just know it is. But I can't endanger my own position by poking and prying. People would think me a brainless idiot. I was hoping you might ask a few casual questions and see if you can discover the reason for our sudden prosperity. Father looked at me. Archie? I knew what he wanted. I was to express sympathy, ask a question or two, assure our visitor of our willingness to cooperate, and get her out of there as soon as possible. I spoke briskly. We'll certainly look into it, Miss Fogarty. The situation you describe is certainly odd. Tell me, do you keep records of the cemeteries to which the deceased are, uh, delivered? Of course, unless they're cremated. And records are kept of that. We have all our dead on computer. Excellent. Could you provide me with a printout of all the cemeteries Whitcomb Funeral Homes has dealt with in the past six months? She hesitated a moment. Yes, I could do that. I'd appreciate it. It might give me a start for our investigation. I took a business card from my wallet and handed it to our guest. She tucked it away, and finishing her wine, she arose. Thank you. I can't tell you how much better I feel for having talked to you, gentlemen. She gave me a smile that was faint but transformed her features. I could see then why Sonny was not a misnomer after all. Father and I accompanied her outside to our graveled turnaround. She was driving a spanking new white Chrysler New Yorker. A lot of car, I thought, for a woman supporting a terminally ill mother. We shook hands, and she thanked us for our hospitality and consideration. My father waited for her to drive away. 
Archie, go through the motions, but don't spend too much time on it. I fear the lady is unnecessarily troubled, mayhaps slightly paranoid. It's a matter of no importance. I concur. Lordy, were we ever wrong. Father returned to the study and closed the door firmly. I knew what that meant. He was settling in for the remainder of the evening. He would have another glass or two of port, smoke a pipe or two of his specially blended tobacco, and read a chapter or two of Charles Dickens. For as long as I could remember, he had been slowly slogging his way through Chuck's entire oeuvre. Lots of luck, Daddy-o. I glanced at my Mickey Mouse wristwatch. It was scarcely ten o'clock, and I could still enjoy that brandy if I so desired. I did so desire, and dashed upstairs to change to fawn slacks, a madras sport jacket, and loafers from hell. Acid green suede with tassels yet. I was still driving my vintage Miata, a flame.